Amen. Thank you so much for that. What a blessing. Amen. Glad the blood speaks for me. Praise the Lord. What a blessing it is. If you would, take your Bibles to 1 Peter. 1 Peter chapter number 5. 1 Peter chapter number 5. It is good to be in the house of the Lord. I uh, have a much different view this week than last, when, than last Sunday. You say, why? Last Sunday I was sick. And so as I looked around, everybody looked green and uh, all that stuff. And it was, uh, it was pretty bad last week. But I sure am glad that you came back. Thank you so much for being here. And uh, thank you for uh, Brother Nick filling in Sunday night and preaching and uh, heard great things about the message. What a blessing uh, that was. Got to listen to it online. I'm glad for our sermon audio and things like that, that we can go back and listen to those messages. But that's not an excuse to miss church, all right? Uh, some people say, when are you guys going to live stream? Um, well, I'm not going to give people a cop-out for coming to church, so uh, we're going to make sure that that'll be sometime down the road. I don't mind live streaming, but I want you sitting in your couch uh, watching service at home unless you absolutely cannot be here, but I sure am glad you're here. I would invite you to stand with me out of respect for the Word of God if you're physically able to. If you're not physically able to, that's fine, but uh, just look along with us in First Peter chapter number 5. The Bible says, starting in verse 6 and 7, it says, Humble yourself, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time, casting all your cares upon him, for he careth for you. I was reading through these verses this morning, I, and, or this week, in fact, as I was preparing for what to preach this morning. And, you know, a lot of times we hang on to things in our life we ain't got no business hanging on to. And as I was reading through this, uh, these verses, it said, Humble yourself, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time. Then it said, Casting all your care upon him, for he careth for you. I'm going to preach a message to you this morning entitled, Just Let Go. Just let go. Let's pray, Lord. We love you. Thank you so much for the day that you've given to us. Thank you for the opportunity we have to be in your house today. Lord, I ask you, please, to hide me behind the cross. Fill me with your spirit. Lord, I pray that you create in me a clean heart. If there's anything in me that would hinder your word from going out, Lord, I pray that you'll forgive me of that. And Lord, use me as your mouthpiece today. Lord, if there's any in our midst that do not know you as their personal Lord and Savior, I pray they'll trust you today. Thank you for this wonderful place that you've given us to gather together and lift high your name today. Thank you for the blood. Thank you for salvation. Lord, thank you for all that you've done for us. And Lord, I ask you, please, just to anoint us with your power today. In your presence. And Lord, we just ask you to bind Satan and the devils of hell from this building. We claim the blood of Christ that they not be allowed in this place. Lord, we love you. Thank you for all that you've done in Jesus' name. Amen. You can be seated. Thank you for standing. As I look around, it's always good to have uh, visitors in church. It's good to have uh, our faithful folks here in church. But I am a little discouraged by the lack of desire that people have about coming to church. Um, I was thinking last Sunday, I was very distraught last Sunday why I wasn't able to be in church Sunday night because I wasn't feeling well. And I just thought, you know, that's just what we do, right? As Christians, we just go to church. It's what we're supposed to do. And, uh, you know, I, a lot of people have this misconception that, you know what, just I can do what I want to do and uh, I, I can worship God wherever I am. And guess what? You can. But you cannot obey God and skip church. You can't obey God and skip church. You say, preacher, why, why are you talking about this? Because I feel like the reason that we can't get the world to come to church, we can't even get God's people to come to church. And so we need to be faithful to church. I understand uh, that some people can't because of work and different things. Sometimes health situations come. But listen, we ought to be faithful to the house of the Lord. 
And uh, we ought to be coming. Why? He, he loved the church. And I understand this building doesn't make up the church. The building can burn down. But we ought to gather together. And we ought to come together for the purpose of worshiping the Lord. And I'm glad that we get to open the Word of God and we get to learn from His Word. And uh, it was a blessing Wednesday night. Uh, we were here late, Brother Steve and I were. There were some people out in the parking lot, got to talk to them, uh, give them the gospel. Uh, you know, there's always divine appointments uh, that God gives us. And uh, people were out in the parking lot. We, we were here till around 10 o'clock uh, waiting for them to get their ride and uh, show up here. But God brought them here. We were able to give them the gospel, talk to them about our services, let them, gave them some uh, ways they can go back and listen to some of the messages and things like that. And listen, we ought to always take advantage of those things. But had we not been where we're supposed to be, we would not have been there to talk to those people. And so let me encourage you, always be where you're supposed to be. Uh, be where you're supposed to be, where God wants you to be. And uh, that has nothing to do right now with the message, but it was something the Lord put on my heart to say. And so there you go, you got it. All right, First Peter chapter number 5 and verse number 7. Um, as we were reading it, casting all your care upon him, for he careth for you. I began to think about a lot of things that in my life that I've held on to. I've been too afraid to give them to the Lord because... I thought, you know, Lord, I've got this under control, and uh, I can handle this situation on my own. And uh, the longer that I held on to it, the longer I realized that I couldn't control it by myself. And that uh, the longer I held, my hands got more slippery and more slippery, and I kept dropping the ball and uh, all those kind of things. And it just come to the time where I just began to ponder in my heart, well, what am I just supposed to do with the things that come up in my life that I have no business carrying for myself? And I came across this verse, and it's a very familiar verse. A lot of us have heard it, but it said, Casting all your care upon him, for he careth for you. And I thought, you know, what do I do with all of the problems? What do I do with all of the pride? What do I do with everything that comes in my life? Well, I give it to God. I give it to him. Why? Because he knows exactly what to do with it. Uh, where I don't know, he does know. Uh, as I try to handle things and manage things in my life, there's times I'm counseling with people and they say, I just don't know what to do. And I say, well, good, I don't either. Give it to God. Praise the Lord. They say, well, you're the pastor. You're supposed to have all the answers. No, I never said that. I just said, I know one who has all the answers. Amen. And we just need to go to him. All right. But there's sometimes, to be honest with you, I'm counseling folks with a guy and I have no idea what to tell them other than just go to God. Just go to God. Let's just spend some time praying together and just talk to the Lord. Because there's things that you can't handle, I can't handle, all of us can't handle. We'd drop it, we'd make a big mess of it, unless we just give it to the Lord. And so we need to cast all our cares upon Him, for He cares for you. It didn't say cast some of your cares. It said cast all your care upon Him, for He careth for you. That means everything that is worth you even taking a moment to care about is worth giving to God. That means your life. Belongs to him, right? You ought to give it to God. Your problems, you need to give them to him. All those things in your life. And I'm going to talk to you about four things I believe that we need to let go of in our lives. Just There's many, many, many we could talk about. But I'm going to focus on four of them as I was pondering and asking the Lord what to, what to uh, preach on. And this verse just kept coming out of the page at me. And uh, I was reading verse 6. It said, humble yourself. And that hit me. You know, well, that's a big one. Is humbling ourselves. And then it said to be sober and be vigilant in verse 8. Because your adversary the devil as a roaring lion walketh about seeking whom he may devour. Whom resist steadfast in the faith knowing that the same afflictions are accomplished in your brethren that are in the world. But the God of all grace 
who hath called us unto eternal glory by, by Christ Jesus. After that we have suffered a while, make you perfect, establish, strengthen, and settle you. To him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. You know, we're very good at quoting, casting all your cares upon him for he careth for you. We're very good at be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about, seeking whom he may devour. But the fact is, God has all those there on purpose, in order, exactly the way they're supposed to do it. Notice what he said in verse 6, humble yourself. Humble yourself is the first one. So first thing we need to do, we need to let go of pride that causes destruction. We need to let go of pride that causes destruction. Take your Bibles, if you would please, to the book of Proverbs. Proverbs chapter number 16. Proverbs chapter number 16. They say Proverbs is a book of wisdom, and it is. Why? Because, of course, you know Solomon, one of the wisest men in, uh, in the world, uh, other than Jesus Christ himself. Solomon asked for wisdom, and he got wisdom. God gave it to him. He was wise beyond uh, what we could ever imagine, except the fact is the same God that gave him wisdom can give us wisdom. But it starts out with some things as he's reading, as going through Proverbs here, Proverbs chapter 16 and verse number 18. Look what the Bible says. Pride goeth before destruction, and a haughty spirit before a fall. Verse 19, better it is to be in humble spirit with the lowly than to divide the spoil with the proud. You understand that if we are going to ever do anything for God, the first step we need to make in our life is to get rid of pride, let go of pride that causes destruction in our life. Because if you will not let go of pride, I promise you'll be destroyed. Why? The Bible says that in Proverbs, doesn't it? Pride cometh before what? Destruction. And a haughty spirit before a fall. There's not anybody who's ever been filled with pride that's also been filled with the Spirit at the same time. Why? Because God resisteth the proud, the Bible says, but giveth grace unto the humble. When he's telling us in 1 Peter chapter 5, if we're going to be sober and we're going to be vigilant because our adversary the devil, who's as a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he may devour. Listen, we need to be able to, to freely move and get out of the devil's way, resist him, do these things, be sober, not allow that lion to come. Well, how do we do that if we got all this baggage of pride and everything making us stumble and fall, right? We got to let go of it. Let go of pride. There's a lot of people that are on their way to hell today because of pride. Because of pride. You say, what are you talking about? They're not willing to admit that they're a sinner. The fact is, the Bible says, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. It didn't say for some have sinned and come short of the glory of God. It didn't say for only the men have sinned and come short of the glory of God or only the women have sinned. It said for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. If you're ever going to spend eternity in heaven, not in the destruction of hell, the first thing you're going to have to do is get rid of pride and admit, I'm a sinner. I was talking to somebody one time, uh, Brother Ron, and they said, I've never sinned. I said, well, that's funny. You just did. And they said, what are you talking about? You lied. Why? Because every one of us have done something wrong at one point or another. But you know, the fact is, they, a lot of people think, well, a little lie isn't a sin. 
that we, 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 we've been de- so desensitized to what sin is that we think, well, it's only if you're a murderer or if you're a rapist or if you're this or if you're that. That's what makes you a sinner. But I'm a good person and I try to do the very best that I can. And we believe Satan's lie, which is leading us to destruction, thinking more highly of ourselves than we ought to think. But the Bible says that we need to humble ourselves. Humble ourselves. The fact is, you're a sinner and I'm a sinner. Every one of us are. We were all born in sin because Adam disobeyed God in the garden. The Bible says, by one man's sin, sin entered into the world, and death by sin, so that death passed upon all men, for that all have sinned. We need to let go of pride that causes destruction in the area of salvation. You say, what are you talking about? If you're not willing to admit you're a sinner, you can't understand that you need to be, have a Savior. We have a generation of people in our society today that don't understand consequences for actions. They don't understand that there is a consequence for sin. And what is that? Punishment. That's what, there's a consequence for it. And the reason that they've been taught, oh, you live how you want to live, do what you want to do, say what you want to say, act how you want to act, do all these things, and nobody can tell you that's wrong because it's your life. Well, the fact of the matter is God created you. You were created for a purpose. What was that purpose? To give glory and honor to God. For his good pleasure is why you were created. But the fact is, sin separates us from that relationship with God. And until you'll learn to humble yourself and let go of pride, you are on your way for destruction in a place called hell. The Bible says in Romans 6.23, the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Every person who will not get rid of pride and humble themselves and admit they're a sinner, the Bible says that you're destined for death. Not just physical. Every one of us are going to face physical death if the Lord stays is coming. But we're talking about the second death in the lake of fire forever. Hell is a very real place. The lake of fire is a very real place. And the reality of it is, friend, that if you're not saved, bought with the blood of Jesus Christ, there is no other way of salvation. It's not by good works. Ephesians 2, 8, and 9, it says, For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourself. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. You have to humble yourself and realize you're a sinner. Realize your sin had a penalty that you could not pay. But Jesus Christ, in the love of God for you and I, he commended his love toward us and that while we're yet sinners Christ died for us not only did he die but he was buried conquered death and hell rose from the grave offers life to anyone who will receive it and you have to humble yourself in order to be saved why because you have to realize it's not about you it's all about him you need to let go of pride that causes destruction in the area of salvation but we need to let go of pride that causes destruction in the area of our service for God There are a lot of people that I know that, man, at one time they were on fire for the Lord. At one time, man, they were, uh, it it didn't matter. If if you said, the Bible says that the sky is purple, they'd say, hey, the sky is purple. Why? Because God says it. Now, the Bible doesn't say the sky is purple. I'm just giving you an example, okay? Don't go and say, preachers preaching heresy, saying the Bible's purple, or that the the sky is purple because the Bible said so. That's That's not what I'm saying. I'm giving you an example. It doesn't matter. They We used to think, whatever the Bible says, that's what I'm going to do. But then as we go through life, well, you know, I think God's a little old-fashioned. And we live in 2019. Do you understand God knows that it's 2019? 
And he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's always the same. He never changes. The Bible says that. He's the same God back in the days when the Israelites were walking through the wilderness. And he led them by a cloud and by fire. And he gave manna and parted the Red Sea and parted parted the Jordan River. Made the Jericho walls fall down. The miracles that took place. uh, The same God that made the lame to walk and the blind to see. That's the same God we serve today. And listen, just because of our pride is what we're not willing to submit when God and the Holy Spirit uh, begin to pinpoint in our heart there's some things you need to let go of we say well I can't let go of that that's mine listen if you're bought with the price that means you've been saved by the blood of Jesus Christ you're not your own you don't belong to yourself and you need to let go of pride that causes destruction because it always causes destruction always there's never a time that pride leads to good things Because the Bible says if you're full of pride that God resisteth you. He resisteth the proud. Listen, if we're too prideful to listen to the things of God, the Bible says if we refuse to hear his word, that even our prayer is an abomination to him. So what are we supposed to do? We're supposed to let go of our pride. Why? Because he says, cast all your cares upon me. That pride that's inside every one of us. Remember Lucifer? In scripture, who's that? That old Satan, the devil that you and I know? He thought something. I'll exalt my throne above the stars of God. I'll be as the most high. You know what he was full of? Pride. Pride caused destruction. Remember Goliath? (laughs) This little, little teenage boy's coming up to fight against me. He said, am I a dog that you would send him out? And guess what? It led to destruction, didn't it? Every case that you ever read in scripture, pride causes destruction and you're no different and I'm no different that's why we always say our motto here is uh it's all about him it's not about us why because when we begin to think more highly of ourselves than we ought to think we're on the road to destruction he said whom resist steadfast verse 9 we're supposed to resist the devil it said resist steadfast in the faith knowing that the same afflictions are accomplished in your brethren that are in the world. But the God of all grace, who hath called us into his eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after that ye have suffered a while, make you perfect, establish, strengthen, and settle you. Listen, if you're going to experience that from God, you're going to have to humble yourself. First thing he said, verse 6, humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God. So we need to let go of pride that causes destruction. Number two, we need to let go of the problems that cause discouragement. Let go of the problems that cause discouragement. You say, what are you talking about, preacher? You don't understand the problems that I'm going through. You're right, I don't, but God does. And God knows why you're going through the problem that you're going through. Oftentimes, we begin to blame God for the circumstance rather than trust God in the circumstance. And the problems come in our life. I was just talking with somebody recently. He said, listen, if you never have the valleys, you can't appreciate the mountaintops. We've said it over and over again from here. The problem is our problems come and it comes to everybody. It rains on the just and the unjust. So people have asked me before, why do bad things happen to good people? Well, the fact is bad things happen to all people. Why? Because there's sin in the world. It happens. But we need to let go of our problems That caused discouragement. Because the longer you dwell on your problem, the more discouraged you become. 
And discouragement leads to defeat. It leads to defeat. We need to let go of the problems. See, when Jesus was hanging on the cross, the Bible says, Surely he hath borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. There's a lot of things, and I'm not trying to belittle your situation. I'm not trying to make light of a circumstance. But the fact is, God is just as big of a God through your valley as He is when you're on the mountaintops. He's the same God in the valley as He is on the mountain. He's that God, uh, and no matter where you go, he is, he is God for that circumstance. And we just need to trust Him. We just need to trust Him through it. He said, casting all your cares upon Him. For he careth for you. The Bible says that we uh, take his yoke upon us. And learn of him. For he's meek and lowly in heart. You know what he said? If we take his yoke upon him. What's that mean? A yoke is there to pull in the same direction. But you know most of the time there's a yoke. And there's a team pulling. There's two of them pulling together. If we take his yoke upon us. Guess who's pulling all the weight? He is. We're just walking with him. He's pulling it. Why? Because he already bore it all on the cross. The problems that we face oftentimes become discouragement in our life. That discouragement comes to defeat because we're not willing to let go of the problem. Now listen, does that mean that the problem is going to go away just because we let go of it? No. But you're going to find grace in the problem. You're going to find grace through it. See in 1 Peter 5, 7 where it says that, where he tells us in verse 5 that God resisteth the proud but giveth grace to the humble. That we're to be clothed with humility. Verse 6, humble yourself therefore under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you in due time. Casting all your care upon him for he careth for you. Be sober, be vigilant because your adversary the devil as a roaring lion walketh about seeking whom he may devour. Whom resist steadfast in the faith. By the way, you can't resist Satan any other way than in the faith. You say, what are you talking about? You can't resist him in the flesh. You can only resist him in the faith. Because if you're living in the flesh, you're submitting to him, not resisting him. He said, whom resists steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same afflictions, afflictions are problems, aren't they? Are accomplished in your brethren that are in the world. Look at this, but the God of all grace, who has called you into his eternal glory by Christ Jesus. After that, ye have suffered a while, make you perfect. Establish, strengthen, and settle you. Listen, guess what? There's hope for your problem. Who is that? It's God. God's the hope for your problem. See, we need to let go of our pride that causes destruction. We need to let go of our problems that cause discouragement. This one a lot of people don't like. We need to let go of the possessions that cause dependence. Let go of the possessions that cause dependence. Look at Matthew chapter number 6. Matthew chapter number 6. Verse 21. For where your treasure is, finish it for me, there will your heart be also. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Luke 12, 34 says the same thing. For where your treasure is, there will your heart 
be also. Look at Matthew chapter number 19. Matthew chapter number 19. Look at verse number 16. It said, Behold, one came and said unto him, Good master, what good thing shall I do that I may inherit or that I may have eternal life? And he saith unto him, Why callest thou me good? There is none good but one, that is God. But if thou wilt enter into life, keep the commandments. He saith unto him, Which? Jesus saith, Thou shalt do no murder, thou shalt not commit adultery, thou shalt not steal. Thou shalt not bear false witness. Honor thy father and thy mother, that thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. The young man saith unto him, All these things have I kept from my youth. What lack I yet? Jesus saith unto him, If thou wilt be made perfect, go and sell that thou hast, and give to the poor. And thou shalt have treasure in heaven, and come and follow me. But when the young man heard these sayings, he went away sorrowful, for he had great possessions." See, there's a lot of people that are going to spend eternity in hell because they're trusting more in money than they are in God. They're trusting more in things than they are in God. See, this guy wanted an easy road to get to heaven. He's like, oh, I'm a good person. I'm doing the good things that I'm supposed to do. What Jesus was saying is, is not that you have to fulfill all the commandments in order to go to heaven. What he was sh- trying to show the young man is the law was made to show you uh, that you're condemned already because there's none of us that are good. There's none righteous. No, not one. He said, sell all you have, give to the poor. See, he understood where the problem was in this young man. As he cared more about the possessions than he did about anything else. But there's often times that we miss out on the will of God for our life because we care more about our things than we do about the service for the Lord. I want you to understand activity is not a substitute for spirituality. You say, what are you talking about? Just because uh, you're faithful to church and just because of those things, there's some things that we hold back from God. I'm wondering if God were to walk down and and tap on your heart's door today and say, hey, I want you to give to missions for this much. Would you say, well, God, I'm already strapped. I can't do that. If God says, hey, I want you to give of your time for this. Well, God, I, I really can't because that's the day I go fishing. That's the day I go hunting. Listen, I, I love hunting. And guess what? Today is opening day of hunting season. You say, well, how come you're not in the woods? Because God told me to be somewhere else. Be in church. You know, there's people this morning, Brother Ron, that are sitting in a tree stand that ought to be in church. You know why? Because they paid all kinds of money for that bow. They paid all kinds of money for that tree stand. They paid all kinds of money to prepare the area to go deer hunting today. Listen, I'm just as much of a deer hunter as everybody else. But when we focus more on deer hunting than we do on our Savior, we have a big problem in our life. We need to get back to serving the Lord. We let go of our possessions that cause dependence. There's a lot of us that we are just so dependent on our cell phones. Am I telling you to go throw your cell phone in the garbage? No, but what I'm telling you, when it takes the place of your Bible reading, you ought to do something about it. When it takes the place of the time you ought to be spending with your family, there's problems. We have a lot of possessions that are in our life that cause dependence. We get so dependent upon those things. I remember when I was a youth pastor, there was a teenager I was talking to, and he was, had this cell phone, and the whole conversation that we're having, he's looking at a cell phone, texting, and I just reached across the desk and grabbed it from him. And he, he forgot how to breathe. I took his phone, and he went, 
I was like, exhale. Okay, you're good. You know why? Because they, we just become so dependent on everything that we have. The biggest problem is he didn't want his youth pastor to see what was on his cell phone. That was the biggest issue. But the fact is, we have a lot of things that we're so dependent on. You understand, your bank account's not going to do anything for you when eternity comes. Not going to do anything for you. In fact, once you become missing in action because you're in heaven, they're going to take it and give it to somebody else. The bank's going to keep it for themselves. Listen, our possessions are going to burn up one day. But they keep us from serving the Lord. Because we worship things rather than just having things to serve the Lord. Things are not a bad thing. Having possessions are not bad. But when the possessions have you, there's a problem. When they have you, there's a problem. I know some people, and listen, I'm, I don't think you ought to trash the stuff God gives you. I think you ought to take care of it. But I know some people that you could eat off the engine of their car. I mean, it's that clean. They're like, don't touch the paint job, man. Don't mess with I don't ever drive that thing if it's raining outside. You don't know how much money I paid for that. But yet their Bible, they can't even find it. They can tell you every inch of that car. They can tell you how much it costs for this or how much it costs for that. But they can't even tell you what John 3.16 says. And we say, man, 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 I wonder, when's the last time you memorized a verse? When's the last time that you allowed God just to guide your life? Lord, here it is. From the top of my head to the sole of my feet, I'm yours. I am your possession, God. But the fact is, you know what we do? We allow possessions to control us. There's people today that are missing church because of football. Watching some sports team play. In fact, they're watching people that don't even love our country. That may get rich off of our country, but yet they kneel when the national anthem's played. And you know what? We'll frown on them, and, I, and, I, and I'm all against that. But we have the same people who are doing the same thing to God when they don't come to church. And they're not faithful to Him. You know what they're saying? When, God say, when they say, all to Jesus, I surrender. We take a knee for God. Well, I'm just standing up for the cause of free will. No, you're not. You're full of pride. You're not willing to let God lead your life. You let go of pride that causes destruction. Let go of problems that cause discouragement. Let go of possessions that cause dependence. But we need to let go of people that cause defeat in our life. Let go of people. What do you mean Psalm 1? Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate day and night. You know what he's telling us? Don't hang out with ungodly people doing ungodly things in ungodly places. If the crowd that you hang out with tries to get you to go away from God, they're not the kind of people you need to be around. You say, well, how am I going to win them if I'm not around them? Listen, when you go to their atmosphere, you're vulnerable. You understand that? You go hang out at the bar with some drunk guys and all these things, you're not winning them to Christ. They're luring you to them. You want them to come, invite them to your house. Have the gospel playing. Good songs playing. Why? It, it softens the heart. Tell them about the Lord. I'm all for giving the gospel wherever we go. But the fact is, so many times we're not willing to get rid of them friends that we've had since high school. Well, you don't understand. We were high school friends. Yeah, if that high school friend isn't willing to follow or, or, or support you in your walk with God, they're not the kind of friend you need anyway. Because there is one friend. 
that sticketh closer than a brother. And that's the Lord. Sometimes you say, well, what do you mean I need to let go of people that cause defeat? Sometimes you need to get rid of some of them Facebook friends. Those friends on social media. You know what? They tell you everything contrary from what the Bible says. Hey, you need to leave your family because it's a better world out here. Guess what? Block. Done. Unfriend. Whatever you want to call it. I'm not a big social media person. I don't know much about Facebook and all those things. But I do know that there is a button called block. Or unfriend. And anybody that tries to tell you anything contrary from this book or criticizes your walk with God. Listen, I'm not saying you're not going to have adversaries and people that are criticizing the Bible. But what I'm getting at is if you have a friend that says, hey, I'm your friend, but they're trying to steer you away from God. Oh, you don't need that religion stuff. You don't need to go to church. Your preacher's so old-fashioned. He preaches about standards and holiness and righteousness. He preaches about all that. Man, you need to come to these other churches. They never make you feel bad. You come, you just walk out of there, man. You're on cloud nine when you leave. Guess what that cloud nine's destruction why because life is not a bed of roses you understand that there's adversity there's a real live devil that wants to destroy your life he wants to devour you and i'm all for reaching people we ought to go in the highways and hedges and compel them to come in we ought to try to witness and get them into the house of god we ought to see them saved and disciple them and train them for the things of god but listen we ought not to go live the way the world lives and act the way the world acts and do what the world does all in the name of oh, i'm trying to win them to christ because you know what they're going to say why do i need what you have when you do exactly what i do you're just like me but there's sometimes we just need to let go of some people Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly. You know, I'm just going to throw this out there. It is a very unwise thing. I was going to say dumb, but I'm trying to be politically correct, okay? An unwise thing for you to get counsel from people who don't love God. In anything. Financial decisions, relationship situations. All those kind of things. It's very unwise. You say, well, what if this guy's a financial advisor? Well, maybe you can go talk to him about how to budget properly and things like this. But don't say, what's God want me to do with this money? He can say, well, invest it in what I'm telling you, okay? I give it to my company, okay? All these kind of things. The fact of the matter is, you need to find godly counsel. People, friends that are of like mind. Iron sharpens iron. So a man sharpens the countenance of his friend. Sometimes we need to let go of some people that cause defeat in our life. There's some friends I had in high school that I don't talk to today. Why? Because they don't follow this book. They don't go after the Oh, Dan, you're just old-fashioned. I say, thank you. You're pretty narrow-minded. Yep, that narrow. That's how narrow my mind is. From Genesis 1-1 to Revelation 22-21, that's my, my narrowness. But you know what? The Bible says narrow is the way that leadeth to life. The fact is, it would do some of us some good to be narrow-minded. Well, you need to be open-minded. No, broad is the way that leadeth to destruction. And many there be that go in thereat. But straight is the gate. And narrow is the way that leadeth to life. And few there be that find it. Why? Because of pride. Because of problems, possession, people. Listen, we just need to let go of them. Cast all your cares upon him. For he cares for you.
You know what? Some of the best friends I have in my life are people that stick with this book. Why? Because it doesn't matter when the storms of life come. Guess what they're doing for you? Praying, encouraging, lifting you up. I feel like just waving the white flag of surrender. I'm done. I feel like leaving it all. No, you can't do that, man. God is faithful. The grace of God is there with you. It's sufficient for you. You know what? Having friends like that are what keep us going. Coming to church and brothers and sisters in Christ that give us that encouragement. Listen, it's, it's a wonderful thing to have people of like mind. That's where Philippians 2 comes in. Let this mind be in you, which is also in Christ Jesus. Well, that means I need to be around people that have that kind of mind, don't I? I need to be around. If, I, if they're not that kind of mind, I need to let go of them. Now, listen, does that mean I'm not cordial? No. Does that mean I'm not trying to win them to Christ? No. Not at all. I think we ought to love people with the same love God has for them. But we ought to be wise as well. And understand that a good apple doesn't make a bushel of rotten ones good. You're going to have a tendency to go this direction, the way the world's pulling you. If you start acting like the world, going where the world is, doing what the world says. But if you start living for the Lord, you know what? There's going to be people look at you, brother guy, and say, man, you're crazy. You're old-fashioned. Man, you're just one of those religious fanatics, aren't you? You're one of those Jesus people. But you know who they come to when they have a problem? You know who they look for when times get tough? The one who's steadfast and unmovable and always abounding in the work of the Lord. Hey, will you say a prayer for my family? I'm not a praying person, but will you say a prayer for my family? Because I know you have something different that I don't have. They don't run to the people that have the same issues they have. They don't run to the people that they hang out with all the time. They're supposed to be their real good friends. You know who they come to? The one walking with the Lord. Listen, we need to have those kind of friends that help pick us up and encourage us in the things of God. That's why I love this church. Love Faith Baptist Church. Why? Because it's a group of people that love the Lord. Guess what? We're not all perfect. We all struggle with pride. We struggle with problems. We struggle with possessions. We struggle with people. But the fact is we have to have a humble spirit and just be willing to let go. Just be willing to let go. What is it that the Holy Spirit put on your heart today? You know, there were some things this week I had to let go of myself. You say, why? Because sometimes as a pastor you think, well, hey, you know what? I'm one of those more mature Christians. We can handle a little bit more. No, I can't. I'm just as much flesh as you are. I'm just as much made of the same sinful stuff as you are. And if we're not walking with God, we are on the path to destruction. He says, humble, humble yourself, therefore, to the mighty hand of God. I wonder, what do we need to be humbled by today? What is it we're not willing to let go of that we've been hanging on to, trying to do it the way we want it done? Let me explain something to you. Most of the time, our way stinks. But God's way is always right. God's way is always right. Let me give you some advice, church. Don't ever kick a door open and expect God to be on the other side. But when God opens the door, run through it. You say, what are you talking about? Don't go say, well, God, I want to go in this door. And God said, well, the door's closed. But God, I, I want to go in that door. Well, God, how come I had such hard times? <laughs> That's not where I intended you to be. But you tried to make your own way to get there. The fact is, we just need to trust God.
What is it that's keeping us bound from going to that next level for the Lord? What is it that's keeping us from knowing God intimately? We need to let go of it today. Maybe it's your pride causing you not to be saved. Listen, you're the only one that can choose salvation. I can't choose it for you. If I could, everybody in the world would be saved. But I can't. It's a choice you have to make. But it's going to take humility. Realizing I'm a sinner in need of a Savior. And Jesus is the only way for me to go to heaven. But not just for salvation. In your walk and in your talk. You know what it's going to take? Humility. Lord, let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. With heads bowed, eyes closed.